San Francisco 49ers fresh off a primetime Monday night football win against the Los Angeles Rams. Another Winky Wednesday episode. We're going to get into everything going on with the 49ers. Some uh, statistics that I think are telling about this team as we roll into week number five and a road trip for those San Francisco 49ers coming up on today's episode right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always and a very special guest on this very special Wednesday episode, Tuesday evening if you're watching this right away on YouTube, Mr. Nick Winkler. Uh, Wink, I got to ask you this question in just a second about the 49ers defense, and I'm going to let you think about it. Do the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL? I want to thank everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. I don't know how much time you needed, Wink, to think about that question, but I'm going to pose it one more time. Do the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL in 2022? Yeah, that's a tough one, Brian. I really need to think. Yes, yeah, they they clearly do. I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. They're stopping the run. The the cornerbacks look good. I mean, Hufunga's playing out of his mind right now. Nick Bosa, you know, leading the NFL right now with six sacks. This is a defense to be reckoned with. People are going to be scared playing this 49ers squad. Yep. Hey, uh, my guy, Javier Vega, posted a question on Twitter. He said, who gets to 21st, Nick Bosa to 20 sacks, or Jimmy Garoppolo to 20 touchdown passes? Oh, <laughs> well, Bosa has the lead right now. Jimmy G only has three touchdown passes, so he's got half as many. Now, he didn't play um, the first game of the season, obviously. So, um, by the way, looking at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats, how about this? So, 61% completions. He's got 7.8 yards per attempt. He's got 201.3 yards per game, three touchdowns, one interception, and a 93.2 quarterback rating. The I think way it helps when you... Garoppolo is the most trash quarterback that exists. The numbers are like, okay, Jimmy, classic Jimmy G numbers. Right I think when you're doing those numbers, you also need to say he has Debo Samuel. I think you need to put that in there as well. That goes on Jimmy. Yards that after the catch. Debo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, what is when 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 you talk about it in comparison to the rest of the league? And this is not me. God, I hate how I have to like do so many disclaimers. Like, listen, I'm not trying to dog Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because you know how everybody takes Bye. it. You're always bashing Jimmy G, right? But that's fairly pedestrian, and maybe even a little bit below pedestrian. When we talk about like a 90 passer rating in today's NFL. If you're not over 100, you're not really playing very well. Now, I think we can make the excuse for him. He did not have a, a playbook. He did not contribute to anything in the offseason. He wasn't even around for training camp. So he could just be getting to a groove because 61% completion percentage. Hey, we can say all these different things about Jimmy Garoppolo, but he is not a 61% passer. He, he's a 68, 69 completion percentage type guy. So... I'd assume that that gets better. But for the most part, those numbers are, I mean, fairly pedestrian. Not, no, they are pedestrian. You know what's funny is 
because you you expect a lot from your quarterbacks and, and the numbers would be and you're right croc those are pretty pedestrian numbers and and quarterback rating is inflated for um sort of quarterbacks that have a low uh, a low depth of target and just get it out and get some short completions and stuff and so it's pretty easy to have a good quarterback rating in the nfl um but when it comes to quarterback play around the league and the 49ers have played four games now right he outplayed Matthew Stafford. Now, part of it is because of the guys on the other side, Stafford was trying as hard as he could to throw the ball to the 49ers last night on Monday Night Football. Yes. Um, the Russell Wilson looked terrible against the 49ers. And and Russell Wilson's supposed to be this Pro Bowl, you know, Hall of Fame path guy. And so is Matthew Stafford, right? People talking about Matthew Stafford as a Hall of Famer once he won a Super Bowl last year. Uh, Justin Fields looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. He's not taking that step forward. He made a couple of plays in a monsoon uh, with broken coverages, but was bad otherwise. And he just can't hit his back foot and find a receiver. Part of that is because the receivers are bad too. But when you look at the quarterback play in all of the 49ers games so far, and you compare it to that, Jimmy Garoppolo's not – a bad quarterback <laughs> at all you know what i mean like there's some bad quarterback play around the nfl and even with some superstar quarterbacks that you expect more from they're not playing all that great so it's not that easy to just roll in and be like hey i'm just gonna chuck the ball over the yard and have a 130 quarterback rating every week and throw four touchdown passes every week yeah i mean right. you, you yeah. look at a team like the panthers you know how, how badly would they love to have jimmy garoppolo under center you know there's a lot of teams out there right now that would love to have jimmy g there were a lot of people that dogged jimmy garoppolo in this process and i talked about a lot of teams where I felt like, you know what, Jimmy would improve your quarterback situation. And people, oh, heck no. He's terrible. He's the worst quarterback. I'm like, dude, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad quarterback. Now, does mm-hmm. take your team to the next level in the sense of because of him? And I think we'd say no. But whatever the the narrative is of him outside of, well, I'd say what, half of the 49ers fan base and then the rest of the fan bases across the NFL – they look at him like he's just garbage. He's just trash. And that is far from the case. He's not that. I think early on you could justify saying that a little bit more like right now. But even then, I I, I said, man, last week, that's the worst game I've ever seen him play. He's, he's going to be better than that. And I thought he was a little bit better this week. And I think over the next two weeks, he'll be even a little bit better than that. Yeah, he'll have some games where he looks dreadful. And we saw that last week. We saw it against the Titans last year. Remember, it was like, what the hell is this guy mm-hmm. doing? He's hurting your football team. Um, but for the most part, he's above the line, and he is you know, a starting caliber NFL quarterback, and he can facilitate some things for your playmakers. But teams, you know, fans of other teams don't watch Jimmy G. He's not on the highlight shows. He's not making these big-time throws. He doesn't have this crazy height, weight, speed to get you excited, so I can understand how they would feel. But if you have everything else in place, then you can play some good football. Uh, there's some other teams that clearly – could use Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think we're right back to where we were with Jimmy G. We know exactly who he is and he's that guy. And as long as bad Jimmy doesn't show up, the 49ers are in a good place. And a lot of it is because of their defense. We talked about the six sacks for Nick Bosa, which leads the NFL. A couple interceptions from Talanoa Hufanga. How about this statistic uh, from Matt Barrows that Talanoa Hufanga, 21 miles per hour on his interception return. And he was scooting down the sideline on mm-hmm. that one, trying to make sure that uh, Stafford didn't get the angle on him. And that's the fastest for any ball carrier for the 49ers this season. The second fastest is 20.8 miles per hour. I think it was on Jeff Wilson's touchdown run. So that's the fastest offensive player so far as a ball carrier. We're not going to see any more Raheem Mostert 23 miles per hour runners on this 49ers team, probably unless Danny Gray gets a breakaway or something. But uh, yeah, 
Tell no Hufanga's scooting. So he's his play speed is much faster than his timed 40 speed. And clearly his his mental processing makes him look like one of the fastest guys on the field a lot of times. Well, hitting 21 miles an hour, like, yeah, you are moving. You and I talked about him potentially losing weight, slimming down to run faster in his 40-yard dash, right? And this is a guy who at USC looked a step slow. I think you can, I mean, we watched him, right? It's just uh, not quite there. And when he was there, it was just because of his ability to really stay a step ahead mentally. And we talked about him losing weight to run a faster 40 time. He ended up running a 461. He slimmed down from around 215, which was his playing weight at UCLA, to 201 pounds, right? When he ran that 461. So we were like, well, is he going to get back up to like a 215 guy? And is he going to lose some of that speed? Is he really going to be closer to a 4.7? Kind of what it looked like on film? Well, he still clearly is running 4.6 and maybe even faster in game speed. Do you think he's still around 200 pounds that he slimmed down to run faster with? I think he's, yeah, he doesn't look very big. I think he's closer to that 200 pound area, but I think he's playing faster than his USC tape too. Uh, he's moving faster. Like, I don't yeah, know. he's playing faster because he lost that weight. Hmm, maybe. It's funny. Well, right. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I, I see what you're saying. So the, the, cause we're looking at the film of him at 215 and he's just not that player anymore. Right. Yeah. Did you, I catch his, uh, his comments after the game where he's talking about, oh, guys, that ball just hit me in the face. Like I made a decision. I jumped the route, you know, and, and, and I was terrified that Stafford was going to catch me. So I think that's why he was running so fast. I think he had a, a little extra boost of adrenaline just to not get caught by Matt Stafford. That's how guys pull hammies, man. I'm glad he didn't yeah. pull, pull something. And, and that was the part, too, where I'm like, he looked like he was moving, but is he running fast because he's running away from Matthew Stafford, or is he just fast because he's fast and clearly 21 miles an hour? He's just might be kind of fast. Yeah. All right, a little more coming up about this 49ers defense. Uh, some players they're potentially missing, but players that maybe they're potentially not missing. Uh, some more statistics and – uh, we'll get into the rest of what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers as maybe a little stay at the Greenbrier could be in their future as well as they have a road trip to Carolina and Atlanta. Coming up, we'll start turning the page to week five next. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Yeah, you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You know how many people are on there. Why would that not be the first place you go to to check for a job or to post a job? All you do is you add that job to your purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help find the right people to hire and interview all much faster and easier. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on, focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly pro prioritize who you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, gentlemen. The 49ers defense right now is tops in the league in almost every metric. You want to go advanced. You want to go DVOA there at the top ahead of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, points against. They're just they're playing at a super high level right now. And we talked about how Hufanga is playing so well. The defensive line is deep. Javon Kinlaw not in the game. Didn't miss him really on Monday Night Football, right? I didn't notice that Javon Kinlaw wasn't there. They got some production from their interior guys. Tashawn Gibson could have had an interception. Hufanga's making plays. This is the one that's getting me is Jimmy Ward. And Croc, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I don't, the 49ers defense, maybe it's going to be that much better when Jimmy Ward returns. I'm not, it's not, there's nothing against Jimmy Ward, but I don't think the 49ers defense is missing Jimmy Ward that much. And if they're not missing Jimmy Ward that much right now, do they need to pay him as a free agent 10 plus million dollars in the offseason? Or are we learning that the 49ers can just roll with Tashawn Gibson, maybe draft another guy and try to develop some some rangy free safeties of the future this offseason? Jimmy Ward makes your defense better. So as good as the 49ers defense is right now, with Jimmy Ward out there, you are more versatile in what you're able to do from a man coverage skill standpoint. Again, you're not going to ask Hufunga and Gibson to do some of the things that you're asking Ward to do. And I talk about it, man, like he is the most or at least one of the most, if not yeah, the most versatile safety in the NFL. You, the, his ability to come down, cover slots, you ask him to play man against Cooper Cup. You The same things you're asking Diamond Lenore and some of these other corners from the 49ers to do against Cooper Cup, like you ask Ward to do those same things. And you're not asking Gibson or uh, Hufunga to do that. And then in turn, what that does is make you more versatile with everything else that you're doing. So, no, you you want him back. Now, your question was about paying him. And that's a totally different story. I, you can get by, clearly. The 49ers are playing extremely well right now. Part of it has to do with, well, the defense of pass rush is getting back there. They're terrorizing quarterbacks. So that makes it easier on the guys on the back end. But Jimmy Ward, man, I mean, I think he means a lot to the defense. I think having him out there, you can kind of bring them in in a certain kind of role early on, kind of ease them back, but you definitely are much more versatile and multiple as a defense with him out there. And he's the leader. He talks a lot of trash. I love that. He brings a certain swagger that goes along with Fred Ward, uh, Dre Greenlaw, who got 15 tackles uh, last night. Yeah. Uh, it just does so much. So, nah, man, you you need Ward there. Do you pay him? I mean, I, I would just because I just think he means so much to the defense. You talk about guys you're paying a lot of money to, uh, Eric Armstead. He was out again last night, right? He played a little bit and then got re-injured, and he was out. The 49ers line didn't seem to skip a beat without him in there, and so that that's a really good sign. You mentioned Greenlaw, too. 12 of those 15 tackles were solo, man. He was all over the field. This is an exciting defense, and if you add Jimmy Ward into that mix, uh, yeah, this is it's got to be scary for everybody else. Man, and the high-level play from the cornerbacks, too, it's, it's mm -hmm. still – amazing that the 49ers roll into a season with two guys who were undrafted at cornerback and that's a position that that you draft high right most cornerbacks around the league everyone's starting first rounders and second rounders and these guys were both undrafted and you feel good about it and they're playing even better than you know than i expected and i expect them some high level play like there's not much space for quarterbacks to throw to with the safety play with the range of the linebackers with emmanuel mosley charvarius ward shutting guys down and and up to the challenge like it's just all working together so well for the 49ers defense because the pass rush is getting home. There's not a lot of places to throw the ball. 
you got Matthew Stafford back there, and he's just like, well, I'm going to try to make a play. And what happens, he ends up throwing the ball to the other team. 49ers finally get one and, and take it back, and um, they could have had three or four interceptions in that game. So uh, I, I just love what I'm seeing from the 49ers defense. And the fact that they were able to hold – because remember the first game of the season, they kind of got gassed in the second half. They weren't gassed in this game, even though the Rams ran a ton of plays. And the offense obviously helped – but the office didn't keep the, the Rams off the field that much. The, the defense still had to be out there and make a lot of plays, and they still had a lot of injury late in the game, uh, energy in the, late in the game, and were um, making tons of uh, plays on the ball and, and getting after the quarterback. So obviously making a team one-dimensional is helpful there too. But love what I'm seeing from the 49ers defense across the board, all three levels of defense coverage against the run. They're flying around. They're playing free. And now we got to figure out who the next defensive coordinator is going to be after D'Amico Ryans gets that head coaching job this year, right? Well, there are a lot of fans that want D'Amico Ryan to be the 49ers next head coach. And I'm like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. And I know I've been, I want to say critical of Kyle Shanahan, but I did pose a question on Twitter and I'll, I'll kind of get to that question and we can answer this as it pertains to D'Amico Ryan's and maybe what his next job will be. But I said, great win last night by the 49ers, huge win. But I do have a question and it's just a question, so don't look too far into it. But how are the 49ers a defensive team? or at the very least lean on the defense, which I think Kyle Shanahan with his fourth down decision to kick a field goal is telling you, I'm putting the pressure on my defense, right? And I just thought it was a little weird in such an open offensive game uh, that the NFL is in today's day and age, and you don't really have the confidence that your team that you built in the trenches can get one yard, and you're like, well, no, defense, just go make another stop, right? And we, we've seen that. It, it can go both ways. But how do you lean on the defense to carry them with a genius offensive play caller, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. So, you know, it's not like the 49ers don't have these crazy weapons out there. They got elite athletes at the skill position players, and you got this offensive guy, and he can't figure out how to get a yard. It's like, nah, put it on the defense. So some of my responses were, oh, D'Amico Ryan needs to be head coach. I'm like, well, no, I don't want to fire Kyle Shanahan. I'm just trying to figure out the thought process behind it, especially, again, it's supposed to be so easy to play offense in today's day and age. It's, it, I'm a little shocked that you left Kyle's Juszczyk's name off that list. And Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, weapons all over the place. Weapons. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy you could line him up anywhere, and, and he's a, almost a mismatch, right? I mean, he's he's a stud. He, he's playing well. Jeff Wilson's running the ball really well, too, with a lot of power, a lot of speed. And I'm with you. It, it's they asked him about it right after the game, and he said exactly what you said. He's like, nah, defense was playing well. Like, I wanted to get the points, and I, I wanted the defense give the defense a chance to, to go out there and make a stop. And the, the defense proved it time and time again that they could do it. I mean, let's look at the play calling last night, right? I think that they're, they're slowly working Jimmy G into this thing because he wasn't there all preseason. He wasn't there. He didn't have a, even have a playbook, right? So there was a lot of short intermediate passes, a lot of gimmicks, a lot of wide receiver quick screens, quick, quick slants, you know, things like that, which is – a lot of what Kyle Shanahan does in this offense. So I think that from, from, from a standpoint of a football team, obviously the defense is the better half of the offense defense mix, right? There, there's no denying that. They're most likely, I, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL. Like you said, Brian, all the metrics say that's the case. So if you're Kyle Shanahan, why would you take that away from your defense, right? You don't put the defense in a tougher spot, right? You give your best chance to win the best chance to win. I think you do put them in a tough spot with making that decision because you're saying it's on you. Yeah. But you know, and best. again, I understand that the defense is really is great, right? But it's great 
in the game until it's not. And we saw that against the Denver Broncos, where the defense was great all game until the last seconds. Well, you give up a touchdown, then all of a sudden now your offense has to catch up. And I right. just I, my my question is, defense great. I think for this team, right? To to the 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 goal that everybody listening to this podcast right now has for this team is you gotta win the Super Bowl. And I don't think that you can win the Super Bowl depending on your defense to win you every single game. But you, as an offense, have to meet them. And again, even if it's not 100% of what the defense is giving you, but can you give it a little bit more than what we're seeing from the offense? I'm looking at teams like the Detroit Lions led by Goff, and they got some good players over there. St. Brown, he's doing terrific. Hawkinson. But if I was to say, hey, man, you can have George Kittle, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, or Jared Goff, TJ Hawkinson, St. Brown, and, I don't know, Josh Reynolds or something. I think most people would say, oh, give me that 49ers team. Give me that 49ers group. And that team is putting up they, – they just lost because their defense gave up 48 points, but not because the offense – Jared Goff and the offense put up 45 against the, the Seahawks. Lions, uh, yeah, the Lions lead the NFL in scoring right now. They're, I mean, with Jared – so, I mean, again, I say that because – how people, oh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's a lot of my responses. But I'm like, Jimmy doesn't suck. But real now, quick, can he miss that. a throw here and there? Yeah, but maybe the maybe it's on Kyle to get in again. Got a disclaimer. Listen, guys, don't kill me for this. I'm just trying to make sense of it. All right, everybody listening right now. But, and I don't want to be that person that's like, Croc is just so doom and gloom. I love this team. I love everything. Like, awesome. I'm just asking questions because, again, the goal is Super Bowl. What's it going to take to win the Super Bowl? I don't think counting on your defense to carry you. I don't think that's good because we've seen that. We've seen, we've seen the defense try to carry this team. You, you lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs because, well, your defense holds them to 10 points, and then all of a sudden your offense just can't make a play. At some point, the offense has to, can you, can you help carry this team as well? And I, I, the decision like that to me is saying, no, I'm going to continue to count on this defense. And I think that's just the way he thinks. And we saw it in the Bears game, fourth and one. Your quarterback, Trey Lance, Trey Lance was thugging it out in that game. And he ran for a nine-yard gain. It's fourth and one from midfield. What does he do? He punched the ball. What ends up happening? They score a touchdown. Well, the defense played great all game up until that point. It had a bad penalty. Then you have a broken play. Boom, touchdown, right? But you punted on fourth and one, and then the touchdown came. And the 49ers never got the lead after that. So, I don't know. I just don't. I think that that's the way Kyle thinks. Oh, yeah, Jamil, my defense, they're great. Kyle, you, you, they, they brought you here. If they want a defensive guy or whatever, then they could keep Robert Sala. They could keep uh, uh, D'Amico Ryans. You, we're supposed to be counting on you to take this offense to the next level, and you have the weapons. People say, oh, man, look how this team is built. Look how they're built. They got George Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, and all these guys. And, and Kyle Juszczyk, what are you talking about? Like, score some points. So to go back to that original point you made, uh, I think that you, you said kicking the field goal right there puts your defense, puts more pressure on them. Actually, I think that if you go for it and don't get it, that puts huge pressure on your defense, like so much more than kicking the field goal and being like, guys, it's eight points now. Like, you, you, you got this, Did you right? hear what the, what the Lions head coach said with his decision in the previous game? That's oh, on me. I, yeah. I, had, I had a short yardage situation, and I kicked the field goal instead of saying, you know what? And again, all situations are different, right? We saw you know, the Baltimore Ravens and how they lost. I thought that was weird. I thought they should have kicked it. Go up three. There's like a minute left. All right, like make make Baltimore, uh, make the right. Buffalo Bills drive the field, whatever. 
But in that situation, you have a chance against a divisional opponent to say, F you, we are the big dogs here. We're going we're gonna to get this yard, and we're going to put you away. This ends the game now. And I, I just it's thought it was, you know, again, I'm looking at the big picture, Super Bowl. And I don't think you can keep saying defense. Just bail me out with the decision over and over and over again. Again, they played great last night. It worked. I've seen a couple other games this season where it didn't work. That's just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully you just keep counting on the defense to bail you out. All right, hold on. We, we, I want to get more into this conversation, maybe what we can figure out what could happen with the offense to, to take them to that next level and what the disconnect might be there. Um, but the the thing I'm learning about this is that I need to be back on Twitter so I can hold my guy Croc in check because he's trying to stir stuff up right now. He's <laughs> acting like, oh, hey, I'm not trying to say Kyle should be fired, but Kyle should be fired. But well, that's what I'm hearing. But nah. let's, let's let's go a little bit further into this. We'll see if we can come up with some answers and not just ask questions. Although it is a it is an interesting question. I think it is a useful question that Croc mm-hmm. brings up here. By the way. Did you guys see the uh, the odds raising for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl? I started about 14 to 1 at betonline.net right after the season ended last year. And then it started to get a little bit worse after the 49ers faltered at the beginning of the season after the first three weeks and went to 20 to 1. Now it jumped back up after beating the Rams on Monday Night Football. In fact, Niners have better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Rams do now. Rams dropping to uh, 20 to 1, 49ers up to 16 to 1 now to win. The Super Bowl this year, you can bet on Nick. I'm already halfway there, by the way. I got the Nick Bosa sack at 12. He's already at six sacks. In the so that's going to be an easy cash money for me. I hope you guys listen to the podcast all offseason. When I was telling you that was the easiest bet at BetOnline. BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting and information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. It's always BetOnline is uh the, the most continued source for all of your sports wagering information. And you got to have the info to go along with the bets. Doesn't help to bet unless you have the information first. And you can get both at Bet Online. Also, live betting and up to the minute scores on every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Get over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online where the game starts. Okay, Croc. You bring up the question about the 49ers offense. And yeah, looking at that, so the 49ers played the the Seahawks earlier this year, right? And the 49ers could muster 27 points. By the way, the 49ers at this point, if you win 20, all you need is 20 points and you win the football game. That's what's going on with the Niners. Unfortunately, in two of the games, they couldn't get there. Score 20, you win. That's how good the defense is. But it would be nice. Like, we, we've seen Kyle Shanahan's offense since 2017. How many times have the, have the 49ers just gone big and just put up a whole bunch of points on somebody? They so rarely do that. And when you have a defense that's so good, giving you the ball back all the time, you would think there'd be a lot. There'd be just some games randomly in there. You play a bad team. They played the Seahawks. They didn't put up 45 points on the Seahawks like the Lions did. The Lions have Jared Goff. Is Jared Goff that much better than, than Jimmy G? By the way, Amandro St. Brown and DeAndre Swift didn't even play for the Lions in that game. They still put up 45 points. Uh, the Seahawks with Geno Smith putting up 48 points, right? You see it around the league, even sometimes with bad quarterbacks. There's these these teams that just put up a ton of points. Kyle Shanahan, I think in a way, part of his philosophy, he doesn't want to put up a lot of points, which is weird. It's like, hey, Kyle, 
You could put up a lot of points, or you could put up just a little bit of points. And he's like, give me a little bit of points. I want to win by three. I don't want to win by three. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird, but like, how right. come? It's a great question. He's an offensive genius. Wink, do you have any ideas? Like, why is there... Why is it so rare? Like, I'm trying to think about it. I can't even think of a game where the 49ers went really big and just scored a whole bunch of points on offense. And they have too many weapons not to have done that, even by accident, a couple of times. He gets real conservative, right? I mean, in close games and games when he has a lead, he gets very conservative. He doesn't want to be the one to make the bad call to lose the game. That's kind of what it feels like to me with Kyle Shanahan, where he just he plays it safe. He's like, I know I have this defense. I know I have, you know. Over the past five years, they've been a top five defense, right? I mean, this is an incredible staff that he's got, you know, coaching and, and guys playing on the field. And so when he goes out there and he's like, all right, we have a, a six-point lead or a seven-point lead, it's like, all right, let's just keep it cool. Let's, let's run it three times. Let's run it twice and then throw a quick little slant and see if we can get that first down. If not, pump the ball, let the defense do their job. Croc, it sounds like you're blaming Kyle Shanahan. What, what's unfortunate about this year is that this was supposed to be the year, okay, hand-picked quarterback, huge talent, big arm, Trey Lance. We're going to see what Kyle Shanahan's look, offense looks like maybe in hyper mode with this quarterback. And then we're going to see what Jimmy G looks like on another team because I've said this before with Jimmy Garoppolo. We, we kind of know who Jimmy Garoppolo is, but really all he's had to do is be better than Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. You know, that's not a high bar that he's had to clear but he's clearly better than those guys. And the 49ers are better when Jimmy's in than those guys. And we know he's not as good as Tom Brady, right? So there's a, like the gap between Tom Brady and Nick Mullins is sizable in as, as far as historical NFL quarterbacks go. And we know Jimmy G's in there somewhere, but like, where is he in there? Right. And we still don't know. And now with this season, the way it's gone, it's Jimmy G and Kyle's offense again. Is it possible that Jimmy G is just not that good? He's just barely better than Mullins. And at some point, we're going to have a Trey Lance that's in this other chasm between Tom Brady and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and the offense is going to take off? Or are you putting it on Kyle? Or are the weapons maybe not as good as we think they are, too? Like, maybe, I, D, like D, obviously, Debo with the ball in his hands is special. Like, he, he, he made that play last night. There was... Kyle didn't make that play. Jimmy didn't make that play. Debo Samuel made that play, right? So Debo creates a ton on his own, but Debo also doesn't create a ton of separation. We only is the best down the field receiver. I think we've talked about on this podcast how we'd like to see a little bit more from, from Brandon Ayuk as a receiver on all three levels. You know, where's his trump card? Where does he win the most? Still not seeing that regularly enough. Uh, George Kittle, I think, is obviously better as a with a ball in his hands than maybe creating a ton of separation he wins differently than someone like travis kelsey does it's not like automatic where you're like okay it's third down you're going to be open and i'm going to throw you the ball you know it's, he, he doesn't separate that easy compared to some other guys even though he's a really good tight end so it does look like the 49ers have a lot of weapons it should be a lot better where where can they improve like what's the thing that's holding them back from being a really good offense because in year six under kyle shanahan the offensive genius you're right crook you have a defense that good, the offense should be better than it is to the point where the 49ers should be rolling teams with a defense this good and a genius head coach, offensive coordinator. Maybe I give Jimmy Garoppolo too much credit. And again, there's a lot of people that think everybody hates Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't. I think he's a legit starting NFL quarterback. I went out there and said, hey, man, Jimmy G, if he's starting right now, it gives you a better chance to win than Trey Lance, at least as far as what we know. Right, as far as what we know. And I, I think coming to his defense and maybe the way I'm seeing things, how they're playing out, maybe I'm giving Jimmy Gar Garoppolo more credit. Maybe he's closer to what 
other people say about him than what I think about him in theory. And it could be as simple as that as to why the 49ers don't do more offensively. I just don't look at a quarterback. Uh, I don't look at him as a quarterback that just isn't good or is just a hair better than Bethard and Mullins and Hoyer. I think he's a, a tier above that. I think he's in the same tier as guys like Kirk Cousins and stuff. And I, I now I could be wrong. And maybe because, uh, Croc, you look at it like that, but he's not. That's why we have to play the way that we do. And, and if that's the case, then then I get it. And I guess all the signs point to that because I've always said it like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't blow teams out. The run game and defense does. And I think the counter to that would be a lot of people say, well, Croc, that's how the team is built. And I'm just like, man, I know. I think this team is built with explosive players that should be putting the ball in the end zone a ton. And then you said about maybe overrating those guys. And maybe there's something to that. But again, I just look at these guys like, I'm not stupid. Like, I didn't just start watching football yesterday. I think these pass catchers are pretty dang good. And we talked about three of them, Kittle, Ayuk, uh, and Debo. But yeah, like Winky said, you got check in there too, who's a very dynamic Swiss Army knife. So maybe it is. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of it. And again, I got somebody on Twitter always complaining about some stuff. Just enjoy a win. And it's like, dude, like the win is cool, but... I don't think the 49ers are playing for a win in, and when I say playing, like obviously you have to win these games, but the goal is Super Bowl. And that's what I'm looking at. And I'm looking at like, well, this is not a Super Bowl winning offense right now. That, 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 Super Bowl defense, of course. Yeah, hell yeah. The offense isn't a Super Bowl playing offense right now. And if you had to depend on the defense to play lights out every single game, that is just a tough way to win in today's wide open offensive game. I, I just don't, I don't understand that. And then when you have Kyle and you have all these players that are terrific, I feel like you should be putting up more points. Wink, uh, do you think there's anything to the loss of assistance the 49ers have gone through? Because one of the reasons that I think the 49ers have been so good under Kyle Shanahan is that he's really good at identifying assistant coaches and hiring really good coaches. And a lot of them have gone on and done other things. And, uh, you know, there's that Shanahan tree that's kind of growing and it's like defensive coaches too. And we're going to see a second defensive coordinator go become a head coach under mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan. Right. And so there's a new group of assistants and are those guys still developing as well? So it's like, you know, you kind of have an offensive line that's a work in progress. And then uh, you've, you're maybe limited at quarterback. And then now you have a bunch of offensive assistants because you lost a bunch of dudes. And now you're trying to groom a new quarterback's coach who's never done it before in Brian Greasy. And you're grooming new wide receiver coach. First time Leonard Hankerson has been a wide receivers coach and so on and so forth. So you have a lot of new coaches. Is there, uh, do you think that there's something to not just Kyle being a coach and running the whole thing, but just to some losses and some, some development of the assistant coaches on the staff? Yeah, I mean, let's not forget that Mike McDaniel was the offensive coordinator of this football team last year. And he did an amazing job and they did not replace him. So there is no offensive coordinator right now, right? So there's nobody in there helping Kyle actually making the play calls. Although, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Kyle still made all the play calls. But regardless of what that is, yeah, when you lose a guy like Mike McDaniel, you lose a guy a couple years ago like Robert Sala, those are big shoes to fill. But then the, the guys that he's putting in there and the guys that, you know, John Lynch is surrounding him with, uh, it, it's it's been fantastic. It's been phenomenal. It's been, it's been one of those things where you're like, oh, here's where the regression happens. But then it doesn't. And so I think the regression right now, I don't think it's on the coaches right now. I don't even think it's on uh, Kyle right now. I think it's right now on Jimmy getting up to speed. You saw it with, with Kittle, too. He missed a couple of games, and now he's getting up to speed, too. I think that once these guys start to jump, the offensive line, right? 
your McKivitz goes out too. And it's like, oh, another guy. Like it's just, it, and they're cycling at right guard. And so there's a lot of moving parts right now on this offense. And I don't think we can get too worried about, you know, oh no, this guy's falling for this offense. Cause it's not, you know, they're, I think they're making smart play calls. I think they're doing what they need to do to win football games right now. But Crock, you're 100% right. This team is Super Bowl or bust. If they just make it to the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, like this is a lost season. This is a team. With a defense like this, with expectations coming in off of last season, off of, you know, when you combine the last three, four seasons, this is a team that a lot of people out there expect to win. And that includes the fan base. That includes me. That includes you guys, right? We expect this team to take it to the next level. And so when they do stumble or they do kind of, you know, shift it into low gear on offense, these questions that I think it's a super valid question. What you asked, Croc? I really do. Like, I know you're not trying to stir things up. It's uh, well, it's valid. I, essentially, I, I I did, but I'm just I'm just going over what's in my head. Yeah. So you got people it, thinking like I don't enjoy it's what a see, win. Right? Like, dude, nobody was more turned up than me. I'm on the thing. I'm I'm getting in spaces. I'm talking trash. I like f the Rams, you know. So I'm I'm really excited about the win. I'm just looking at it like, yeah, okay, great win. But man, there's you're just right. something weird going on here. You scored 17 points offensively, and it's like that. What? What? What is that? You know. But and then you had an opportunity. Oh, it just looks a little weird. It looks a little weird. That's all I'm saying. And I hope That's I'm a, wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And before I go out against the Carolina Panthers or whoever they play next week, Panthers or Atlanta, whoever it is, and go out and they score 35 points and they're like, all right, Croc, see, you always tell everybody calm down. You always tell everybody relax. <laughs> you need to relax now because look at the, what the offense did. I hope that's the case. And Croc and I do one of the most important things we do here on Locked On 49ers is to prop up the fan base and make them realize that it's not the end of the world. The 49ers have a bad game and lose a game. It's also to like keep them in check when they get a little too high and mighty. I like right? that. You still only scored 17 points on offense. You don't want to get into the postseason again, and all of a sudden the offense lets you down, and the defense does its job, and you can't advance and go where you want to go, which is Super Bowl if you're the 49ers. And how about this as a thought starter for maybe another episode and let me know what you guys think in the comments on Twitter or the comments on YouTube. So Mike McDaniel, offensive coordinator, but Kyle's still the play caller. And now Kyle, now Mike McDaniel gets a head coach job, gets a chance to call plays somewhere else. What does he do? He starts throwing the heck out of the ball early and often, unlike Kyle Shanahan, right? Very different. He's not running mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's running his own thing. And so clearly he thinks, you know what? Kyle could probably do it, be doing it better. He should be doing this. And you know how we know? Because that's what he started to do. And he's throwing the ball as much as any team in the NFL on first downs. Kyle not throwing the ball a lot on first downs. Started throwing the ball more on first downs in this game. I think it helped him a lot too. So, uh, And Tua, I don't look at Tua and think, oh, this guy is just better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you I watch some of those. I mean, there's underthrown balls. Like he's trying to throw it downfield. And, you know, it, it's not like it's, it's just great. But – He's taking the shots. He's playing to what the league is, which is an all look, there was a play where Fred Warner got called for illegal contact when the receiver ran yeah. into him. Fred Warner's just standing there. The receiver runs into him, pushes off to try to get open. They call illegal contact on Fred Warner. And then somebody in the booth, whoever's talking, says, Oh yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta kinda move left or right. That's what they're looking for. And if you don't move, they're gonna throw a flag. Like, what? Like I I have just as much right to this uh space as a receiver does. But it's a re it's an offensive minded game, so why wouldn't you use that to your advantage and throw the ball around more? Now you ain't got Tyreek Hill, who is a special deep threat. So yeah, maybe that's why uh, Dolphins are airing it out a little bit more. We see how dynamic uh, Jalen Waddle is, but again, 49ers have terrific pass catchers. So I I don't see how you can't just be like, yeah, we're gonna throw the ball around a lot. 
And remember, before Mike McDaniel was hired by the Dolphins, I called to a left-handed Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the quarterback that they have. Now they got Teddy Bridgewater, who's got a noodle more noodle arm than than Jimmy G. If you don't like Jimmy G's arm, Teddy Bridgewater's got less there. So uh, we'll see what that offense looks like now for the Dolphins. They might start running the ball a little bit more. Raheem Mostert breakout, by the way, coming for those. There you go. Dolphins. Any last words, Wink, before we go? Yeah, we don't want to skip out on the Wisnowski report. Obviously, this is the kind of game you want as a 49er fan where I come on here and say he didn't play a big role because he didn't punt that much. The one touchback he did get actually hit off his own guy and went into it. Shout out to uh, Cancer Sucks or at Cancer Sucks 49ers who, who mentioned how he kicked it right into the sun, right? So the defender had to look up into the sun. Brilliant move by Wisnowski placing the sun there perfectly <laughs> so that so that the guy had to look right up into it. it Wishnowski's the man. There, there's no question about that. There we go. Thank you for that update, Nicholas Winkler. And thank you for joining us here on another Winky Wednesday episode. My pleasure, guys. And thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow. It's already time for another crossover Thursday pod coming to get ready for week five right here. Locked On 49ers. See you.